Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the America We've Been Given. This is Hunter Fox. Today I've got a special guest coming on, Dr. Wes Jameson. He's a professor over at Snow College. Like I said a little bit in Political Dysfunction, this guy is a mentor of mine. He's the one that really taught me to open my mind up a little bit and to start studying politics. Um, I owe a lot to this man. Um, we talk about all kinds of things today. We talk about federal spending, and then we talk about inflation, COVID, and actually we start out talking a little bit about the education system, as he is an educator. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to Dr. Wes Jameson. Yeah, I was talking about the college system. The system that I'm very much a part of, the system that literally employs me, um, there's some real problems with it. First of all, I again, I think that students should have the ability to purchase classes a la carte. And like, you want to take art, you want to focus on art. Why do you need science? Like, you know, I get that. Um, but we live in a society that values this, I don't know. I, I will say, I don't want to curse again. <laughs> uh, I, I think it values this um, bull crap uh, that we have to do. And the thing is, the reason why you're forced to take these courses is so that I get paid. And I understand that. And I think a lot of people understand that. And not only does it make you, okay, I get it. It might make you a more well-rounded person. But what if you just suck at math and you really want to be a great artist, right? Or a great, like, you know, musician. Why shouldn't you be able to just take the music classes? I'm, just my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's exactly how I feel about this. And, uh... Yeah, I. Think so I mean, can leave that there. we've got to get you. Uh, we've got to get you some cool classes. What are we talking about today, bro? What, what are we doing? What are we? What are we talking about? Well, so as you are an expert in economics and international relations, and I believe it's been said that you're an expert in international economics. Is that what you were once noting? Oh. <laughs> so I, I would say that my PhD uh, focuses on uh, political economy. And I definitely have a focus in international relations. So yeah, I mean, I have some, I have some insight into economics of the world. Sure, so I'll give myself PhD. that credit. What about, what about your bachelor's and master's? What are those in? Both both of my bachelor's and my master's are in. Well, I'll say this: I have a, I, I, I started my education in economics and I got my bachelor's in that, and then I went on to receive a master's in economics. Um, and then from there, I got a full ride to Texas Tech to study uh, political economy, where I got my uh, master's in political science and my PhD in political science. Perfect. So it it sufficeth to say that you know a little bit about the money around the world. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I I'll, I'll I can say that. Sure. Am I supposed to talk myself up? Because I mean, yeah. I mean, normally I don't tell people that. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, hi, I'm Wes. You know. <laughs> Well, for sure, but I think my listeners are going to want to know a little bit more about why Wes's words matter. And so, sure, sure, but I also want to come off as likable, not some kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I think... people to think that I'm like. <laughs> I think oh, you do sure. that just fine. Okay, cool, <laughs> perfect. So, because the reason for bringing Wes on today is, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the spending that the U.S. government is doing, and. You know, we just passed a $2 trillion, uh, I guess they're calling it a COVID relief bill, um, the stimulus package. And uh, 
we're I believe we're on pace to spend around ten trillion dollars this year with the I think it was a four trillion dollar spending bill that's coming out soon. Um, what do you what do you think about all that? Well, I will tell you exactly what I think about it. I mean, um, my greatest fear. Okay, so like, I don't know if you remember, but I think I was at least first amongst my colleagues, and definitely first amongst um, my friends to say that COVID was coming. And I, I saw this coming from December of 2019, just by doing the research I do, you know, just by looking and doing the research. Um, and I said it was coming. I could see it coming in. And, and then later on, when it when it finally hit around March of 2020, my colleagues asked me, okay, Oracle, okay, uh, what's next? And uh, without hesitation, without even close to hesitation, and keep in mind this is March 2020, I said inflation. Uh, inflation is coming. Um, and that is the scary... It's 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 more terrifying than COVID-19 uh, because the reactionary government that we have and the reactionary like country that we live in, obviously their only solution to any of these problems is to throw money at it. And Hunter, you know, because we talked about this for years before this, but we are a country that is not in good financial shape. Um, we owe already, but before COVID, we owed 20,000, 20, $20, $20 trillion. And now, um, after 2020, we owe $28 trillion. That's a lot of money. And here's the thing. We keep on passing these COVID-19 relief bills. I mean, let's not get it wrong. Like Trump passed 2.6 trillion with two bills. And then we just had another 1.9 trillion with Biden passing a bill. And like you said, he wants to pass another bill for infrastructure, school, and, you know, things like that for another, he says two to four trillion, but I, I, I agree with you. It's probably going to be closer to four trillion dollars. And what do we do? Is money made out of thin air? Yes. In this country, it is. Money is absolutely fiction. There is nothing. Not a single, not a single cent of the money that we have in this country is backed by gold or any hard metal. And it's interesting. You know what you're seeing right now, Hunter? Like, so I got scared. I've been scared for a while about this. And so what did I do? What did I do? I tried to buy some gold. I tried to buy some silver. Can you find any right now? No. Dude, it is gone. All of the silver and all the gold are gone. So let's let's rewind just a little bit about sure. that. Um, so you're right. Like, as you said, money comes from out of thin air in the United States. We don't have a gold standard anymore. It's not backed by anything. And so what is the harm in printing more money? So, I mean, if we go down to just basic economics, uh, the more you have of something, the less valuable it is. And this is not just money. It's like, you know, sheep, uh, eggs. Um, peanut butter. If you have 75 billion jars of peanut butter, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you can take some peanut butter. I don't care. You know, like it doesn't matter. So like pure economics says like the more you have of something, the less valuable it is to you. And right now what the banks are doing, what the Federal Reserve is doing is printing out dollar bills. Like it, it's crazy, man. Um, we are absolutely devaluing our dollar. And what that means in the short term 
is that we're going to see prices go up uh, steady but surely. We've already seen gas prices. Um, gas prices have increased 70% since the election. And and it it is March 22nd, I believe. March 23rd? I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere around there. Yep. Yeah. And... <laughs> And the election was in uh, November. So in five months, we've seen it climb 70%. That is a record in the modern era. We've seen gas prices climb 70% in five months. That is a record. And and that's that's low for what we're seeing across other things. So, so um, just to kind of interject in there, there's a couple schools of thought on the gas price theory. Is it... <clears throat> in your opinion or in in your knowledge more based off of speculation for the future or off of present inflation no there's 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 a couple things right are you sure your listeners want to hear this is kind of boring but i'll give i'll give you the three things that is this is this podcast that we're doing this one is more educational so this is to learn so sure I, I have I have three factors why. First of all, it is speculation. Biden said in his debates that he was going to shut down the oil industry in America. And largely, he got into office, he got into power, and the first thing he did was like cut down the XL Keystone pipeline. He cut uh, fracking by 50%. And that's already sending these ideas, okay, we've got to start rising these prices because uh, the, the supply of oil will be shrinking. So if we're not getting oil from... America, and this is the second factor, uh, where do we get our oil? Well, we go to the Middle East. But what has he done in the Middle East? Well, and, and keep in mind, this is not I'm like not anti-Biden. This is just facts. Um, the first thing he does in the Middle East is lob missiles uh, at Iranian-backed militias in both Syria, and it's gone back and forth in Iraq. Israel's involved. Obviously, the Middle East is unstable, and so that's also going to increase oil prices. And the third reason... But the third reason why we're seeing oil prices just absolutely skyrocket. Where do we process oil in this country? Does anybody know it's the greatest state in the union? Do you have any idea, Hunter, where we process oil in this country? I believe that would be your home state of Texas. That's exactly right, buddy. Texas, the greatest state in the union. But did you see what happened to Texas in February? They froze. Yeah, we were shut down. For about a week and a half. Now, a week and a half doesn't sound long, but when you shut down oil refineries for a week and a half, prices are going to feel that. Like, we're going to feel that. And so, yeah, we have seen a dramatic increase in gas prices. Dramatic. Absolutely. For sure. And that's and that's just oil. That's just oil. And that's not even the scary one, Hunter. That's not even that the scary, can scary I gi- one. Can I give you the scary one? Yeah, let's hear the scary one. The one that really freaks me out, bro is lumber 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 uh lumber prices have increased by three to four hundred percent um we have not seen an increase like that and and of course lumber does everything right like it's how you improve your house it's how you build new houses it's how businesses can build infrastructure and without that like who's gonna build right now with lumber prices at 400 percent what it was from five years ago. that That's really scary. That is really yeah. super terrifying. Um, and so we... The, do you think the market is incapable of finding a replacement? You know, of course, there's always going to be replacements. Uh, but does the market move fast enough? Um, the thing is, 
here's another here's another issue. Uh, if we're if we're just talking about economics, um, wages wages people wages are sticky. And and when I say they're sticky wages, that means that your employer can't move can't give you a raise fast enough to keep up with some of these prices. And so when I said like, if you want to buy a house right now and you're how old are you, Hunter? I'm 23. So I'm going to turn 23. Man, congratulations, 23. Ready to start the the rest of your life, buddy. And and you know, you oh, want the so American exciting. dream. I know. I know you I you know, I bet you got a pretty girlfriend and you're like, you know, one day I'm gonna get married and have babies and start a start a family and get a house. And you know what? I'm scared. I'm scared for people like you. I'm scared for people like my students because Housing prices are also seeing inflation much like we saw, almost exactly like we saw in 2005, 2006, running up to, of course, uh, I'll let you answer that. What, what, what was that running up to, uh, Hunter, in 2005, 2006? The, I believe you are referring to the 2008 housing crisis. It's like I taught you. It's like it's like you took my classes, Hunter. Yes. So Get I, out of my brain. A question about that. So I remember back in 2019, uh, 2018, 2019, um, when I was your student and when I, when I worked for you for a period, you were worried about the next big bubble and that yeah. we were about, we're about due for another bubble. Yeah. Um, do you think that's something that we're experiencing right now? Is this like the, are we going to get like the stimulus bubble or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I actually think that's a fairly good point. Um, and the problem is, the problem is, um, you never raise taxes in a recession. Now, I, I would argue that I think we're in a recession. Um, nobody's come out and said it yet. Um, and maybe it's this invisible recession and, and we're hiding it with all these stimulus packages. Nobody's feeling totally broke because the government keeps giving them money, you know? And so, like, maybe we're hiding this recession. Isn't this recession sort of synthetic like isn't this uh, a created recession based off of uh, all of the government mandates on closing businesses and all that like theoretically if we were to open the country 100 percent tomorrow wouldn't we pop out of this recession that we've sort of dug ourselves into i would hope so but i mean there there's there's a lot of factors going on here do you think that we're ever going to get back to 2019 like do you think 2019 well and, and here, and here's a real question for you, Hunter. And, and I don't have an answer for this, but was 2019 peak America? Have we reached peak America in 2019, and will we ever be back? Oh, I I think we were probably on a decline since 1952 <laughs> sure. or something like that. Sure. Sure. No, but I don't I don't know. I think things are definitely changing. Um, and I know you're sort of more on the, the conspiracy side. Oh my gosh. I, I we, can't help but being right, Hunter. It's not conspiracies if I'm right. So let's, let's look at like things like flu deaths in the U S since COVID oh, man. since in 2020, there haven't really been any flu deaths. Is that possibly because of, are you, you trying to get me fired? Are you, are you trying to get me fired? No, no. I just want to, <laughs> like you asked, you asked if 2019 is peak America. Maybe peak America is a is a country where we don't have flu deaths because, you know, we stick with the masking, social distancing, things like that. I mean, I'm just thinking long term because right. I don't I don't think this is ending within the next five years. I think people <sighs> will be wearing masks and will be 
I guess maybe not mandatedly social distancing, but I I think people are going to be a little bit more um, germaphobic at least for probably the next five or so years until you know there's another generation that comes through that you know doesn't remember COVID. And maybe you're right. I just read. I, I mean, you know me. I'm constantly reading and um, constantly, constantly reading. And one of the things I read this morning was um, a UK health minister saying that um, that he believes that. Uh, this will go on for years, that they will have to wear the masks and socially distance for years. And, and you know, showing my students that today, they looked so hurt, like literally heartbroken. But then at the exact same time, I'll show them another slide where the CDC has just come out this week and said, oh, no, it's not six feet that you have to be away from somebody. It's definitely three. It's definitely three feet. And we're confident this time that that's the way. And, and you look. A lot of this has to do with how much trust do we have in our government? And we've started to see trust in our government fall off a cliff, absolutely fall off a cliff. And that's because of the the shifting goalposts and the changing messages that we see. And, and not just from Biden, from Trump, too, from the CDC, from all these agencies. Look, at first, the, at the beginning in March, they were telling us not to wear masks don't wear masks and then all of a sudden it's like oh if you don't have a mask on you can't come in this restaurant what do you think that does to people they're like well what what do i do you know um yeah so i think one of the bigger problems is trusting government and 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 if the government just keeps on feeding us thousand dollar checks every three months and tells us to stay in our house and wear the mask and don't worry i'll get you another check next month and don't worry wear the mask oh in three feet make sure you stay three feet from people look people start to whether they like it or not this registers in their head and they start to distrust what comes from the government and when we see distrust from the government that's why we see things like january 6th the capital that's why we see things like people not believing that the election results are real. It's look, you can blame things like you know, conspiracy theory, QAnon, you know, all these things. But really what it is, it's our own government messing with us, changing goalposts, changing messaging. It registers in people's heads and they're like, I don't know who to believe. And especially like our media does it too. But our media and our government, as you know, work hand in hand. And, um, all of this leading together, we there's no wonder why we saw something like January 6th. And by January 6th, I'm referring to the, uh, I'll, I'll put, quote unquote, raid on the Capitol. Yeah. Sure. sure. So <clears throat> coming back a little bit more to, to sort of the economics part, what do you see for like, let's say five years from now, what do you see our country's um, economics doing? I guess what's what goes from here? So... I'm, I'm not going to do the economist thing and just say like, well, on the one hand, and then on the other hand, I, I will say it comes down to a choice. It will come down to a choice. And it's not on one hand or my hand, on my hands. It comes down to the choice from the government. And the people. Do you, do we keep on spending money like it's going out of style, you know, like, woo, you know, do we keep taking this money that the government gives us, 1400 bucks, and spending it on a new pair of sneaks, you know, a new pair of J's, or are you going to save it? Are you going to invest it and like really save it for rainy times? And, and I think the overwhelming answer that we're seeing is no, people are going to spend it uh, on a new set of J's. They're going to go, would you, you know, 
would you blame them though? If if we're get, hearing all this saying, you know, fourteen hundred dollars today is not going to buy you the same thing as it, or is going to buy you more than it will a year from now. Why not invest in like physical things? Do <laughs> you think Jays are going to be like the new form of currency? No, I'm not necessarily saying that. But if I'm saying I can either buy these now or I could wait a year till I need new shoes, but I won't be able to buy the same pair of shoes with the same money. And so if prices are going to rise, then why not spend the money we've got now? Look, I'm going to say something, and, and, and I'll, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, let me preface this by saying no economist has any idea what they're talking about. Like, you're going to, I mean, like, Paul Krugman, you think he really knows? Like, you think he really, really knows? He's a smart man. I've met him. I've talked to him. I know he's a smart man. Um, but 100% sure he has, he, he cannot give you 100% sure of what's going to happen. And I will tell you this. Let me just finish. Like, we either going to keep spending and letting our government just keep giving us money and spend and spend and spend until it absolutely wrecks this train. Or we're going to have a government that has some, uh, some guts, some intestinal fortitude. And what they're going to do and what they should do is crash this train early. And I know nobody wants to hear that, right? Nobody wants to hear that. But we were in a similar problem coming into the 70s and we had a man a very smart man a very brave man named paul volcker and he started he took over the federal reserve and what he did was he crashed this train he drove us into a recession purposefully so that we did not overheat and face a bigger crash that took guts and i don't think we have i don't think we have the guts right now uh in government and in banking to crash this train yet. I think we're still hoping that we can just muscle out of this with pure consumerism, pure conspicuous consumption. And, and you know, like, sure, try it. Sure, why not? Get your J's, man. I know you, uh, go, Hunter, go get your J's. You know what I'm saying? So, so is that, that was 1970, so 50 years ago. Yeah have have we made no progress like is oh. it inevitable is that are the laws of economics strict laws unchanging or is there better ways now you know what's crazy is like it's not the laws of economics what it is is it's the laws of behavioral economics uh we haven't learned americans haven't learned we haven't gotten through to our heads yet what we need to do and what we need to do is something called austerity and that's another term nobody wants to hear. Austerity means you tighten the belt, you know? You uh, go without a meal for a day, and nobody wants to hear that. Because we already have starving kids. I, I get it. It's unpopular opinion, for sure. But, you know, you know, my grandparents used to say, oh, we never got new shoes. I had to put, you know, I had to put cardboard at the bottom of my shoes. And I'm like, oh, sure, Grandma, sure. But I, that might be what it takes. You know, you take your old J's and you put some cardboard at the bottom. I don't, Look, I don't know. But I think at some point, um, America's going to go through some real... St- do you remember Do you remember our, our conversation about Venezuela? Uh, I do, we had? with the, uh, the lacking of jugos and pizza. I right, right. Yeah, there was no juice or pizza. No jugos, no pizza. And... And that's the thing, man. We could get to a hyperinflation. Like people think that hyperinflation is like it doesn't exist, like it's a boogeyman. Do you but really it can. think that could happen in the United States of America? We get to a point where there's our grocery stores are empty. Yes. Oh, didn't we see it? 
Didn't we see it a year ago? And it freaks people out. Like they, they went into Walmart and there was no toilet paper and, then, and there was no water and there was no canned food. And you start saying, wait, is this America? Right? Yeah, it can happen. One surge like that. And it could get bad, bro. It could get really, really bad. Um, am I predicting that? I, you know, don't make me, don't put me in the position to predict things because economists are always wrong, of course, right? But yes, if you're asking me, could that happen? Absolutely, 100%. And I'll tell you a couple more things. Uh, where, why do you think you see something like Bitcoin? How's Bitcoin done this year? Do you know anything about that? Bitcoin's, Bitcoin is booming. Bitcoin's booming. And that's because people are looking for a safe refuge for dollar bills because they feel that it's, it's underlying. Nobody's telling them this, but it, there's a dark pit in their heart and in their stomach that maybe something's not right. And when you see a government just handing out thousands of dollars to its people, uh, you know, at least twice a year, um, People are looking for a safe place to put their money where they see growth because they do not see growth in the American dollar right now. And so, yes, you're seeing Bitcoin boom, but you're also seeing things like silver, just like ah, you can't even find silver right now if you're looking to buy it. Uh, gold prices are surging. Uh, you know, you know, what's crazy to me is Bill Gates is now the largest farmland owner in America. That's true. Google it. You'll see. And you have to start asking yourself, wait, what is Bill Gates doing in farmland? Well, land doesn't lose value. There's only so much land and people are going to want it. And he knows that. So what's he going to do with his American USD dollars? Well, he's going to go and buy as much land as possible. And you, and you look at other things too. Why are there so many, why are there so many CEOs in the last year that have stepped down? Well, they don't want to be the ones left holding the bag. You look at Jeff Bezos just stepped down from, Jeff Bezos literally just stepped down from Amazon. And with it, he took all his stock, sold it. Not all of it. He left some, but he sold a lot of stock. Now, what he did with it, we might not ever know. What is Elon Musk investing in? Bitcoin, Bitcoin, you know? Do you see that as a red flag for those industries? Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you? I sh- Sure, sure. I mean, the the thing is, too, uh, you know, we have seen bipartisan support. We've seen the Republicans and the Democrats coming together to they really want to stop this monopoly of Amazon and Apple and Netflix and Facebook. They want to put an end to it. And so, yeah, a lot of these CEOs of these companies, they're going to be bailing soon and they're going to be taking their stock options and cash them out and trying to hide that money or trying to put that money in safety places like gold, like silver, like surprisingly Bitcoin. And people are talking about Bitcoin hitting 100,000 by the end of the year. It's, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely possible. Definitely possible. I think it's it's crazy. thousand right now. It's yeah. Insane. I saw it at 58 last week and it's like, it started off the year at 14. That's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Well, I uh, want to keep these relatively short. I'm going to keep them around 30 minutes. Fair. Yeah, fair. But thank you so much for your time, Wes. Um, yeah, I hope I didn't scare you. And I hope I didn't like, I hope I didn't give you nightmares. Like hyperinflation is real. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but it is definitely something that I feel like, you know, people should be talking about. I will, I will tell those of you listening that 
Um, I was working very closely with Wes back a year ago um, in March when things started to hit the fan. And I, I hate to raise his ego like this, but he was spot on on a lot of the things that have happened <laughs> in the last well, year. Well, thank you, brother. <laughs> his bingo card has got to be completely full for Yeah, bingo. bingo. Do you think I wanted it? I didn't want it. I, I was trying to tell you I didn't want this to oh, happen. Oh, for but- sure. For sure, I don't want to. I don't want to get you guys thinking that he's rooting for COVID. <laughs> yeah, no. But wasn't. Um, I will say this man was probably more scared about COVID than most people were, um, and and as as you can see, based on what's happened to the country in the last year, rightfully so. Um, but yeah, so thank you for coming on, Wes. And, well, thank you, uh, Hunter. You're awesome, buddy. Love having you. Yeah, man. Hit me up again. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Um, I know I enjoyed the conversation. Um, If you guys did like this show, go ahead and check out Political Dysfunction. Um, It's another one of the podcasts that I co-host with Tyson Reese. And check out the Utah Liberty Talk. That's Tyson Reese's podcast. 